Welcome to True Hauntings and Scary Stories, where we alternate between spooky conversations and fictional scary stories. I'm your host, Cynthia Sear. You can reach me on Instagram at True Hauntings, Twitter at True Hauntings with a Z on the end, and my super fun Facebook group called True Hauntings. I'll put the link in the show notes. Check out some stories I haven't yet covered on this podcast, both fictional and true, on my blog, truehauntings.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, fellow believers, to True Hauntings and Scary Stories. This is Cynthia Sear. Today, I have some really cool guests. We have Josh, Jason, and Starla, and they are from Ohio Ghost Hunters, right here in my neck of the woods. So we are going to chit-chat today about all things ghost hunting, which is really cool because I've never technically gone ghost hunting before with a group. So now I get the inside scoop. So how are you guys today? Why don't you introduce each of yourselves to us and we'll get chatting. Uh, my name is uh, Jason Frisk. I've uh, been on the team roughly about seven and a half years. Um, I have uh, recently in the last three years uh, taken to being a shaman practitioner. Um, the beliefs, the systems, the journey work, uh, it's been a an exponential experience and uh, one heck of a roller coaster for the last seven years. Hello, <laughs> my name's Starla. I am the case manager for Ohio Ghost Hunters. Um, I've been with them for I think around almost four years now. Um, before that, we kind of had a family team that we still kind of run um, on the side when we have time, but um, I wanted to help people, and so this is how I ended up starting out getting into residentials. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Joshua Filbert, and I've been on the team now for almost a year. I am the tech marketing type guy for this team, and I take care of all the social media, and I'm working on getting the word out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, more to come on that. I, I, I love ghost hunting because it's it, I like the helping part of it. And it's fun and it's, it's great to be with these people and experience everything. Well, welcome everybody. So, uh, I'm looking here, Jason, you're the oldest member. Did you do this by yourself for a while? Um, I did not actually do it by myself. Uh, strangely enough, um, funny story on how it came about is, uh, I had actually just finished watching a ghost adventures episode <laughs> <laughs> and I was, uh, I was 31 at the time and I was like, you know what? I could be the next Zach Baggins. Uh, so I <laughs> honestly, I went in, I Googled, um, Ohio ghost hunters and I found, uh, the particular group and, you know, I just, through caution win and wrote an email. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm Jason. I'm uh, 31. I like to be a, a, a ghost hunter. And I honestly had uh, didn't really think anything would come out of it. It was just kind of an impulsive uh, decision. And then the uh, old director and uh, founder of the team actually emailed me uh, a couple days later. And uh, I went out and got on a trial investigation. Uh, through that trial investigation, I found out that I was empathic. And uh, that was a, an interesting um, trial investigation. And wow. just to see how it's progressed um, in these last seven years, I mean, we've seen multiple people. We've had, um, I guess, directorship kind of change hands um, at one point in time. 
myself and another of the investigators were kind of running as a co-director as the original founder had um, really picked up a team in Florida and uh, wanted us to kind of take it over here. So I did that for you know about two years. And um, and then luckily Starla came in and was like, hey, um, all these guys have been telling me about you. Heck yeah, let's do it. And it's been going strong ever since. Nice. So tell me about you guys' group. What kind of new stuff is going on? Well, uh, we have, you know, to be honest, um, the pandemic has really set us out. Um, we've only had one or two um, residentials because, I mean, honestly, who wants strangers in their house during a pandemic, right? Yeah. So it's been rough, but we've managed to keep the team together by doing um, some group bondings. We call them team bonding. That's where we rent out um, places like Waverly Hills, um, Ashmore State, you know, the big properties. And um, we hunt them together just to stay connected and and current and to use our equipment and, you know, all that stuff. So um, we currently this year are going to participate in the world's largest ghost hunt. Um, huh. This has been going on. Um, every year for the last, it's been several, several years, um, but it's September 25th. It's the second September of every month. And it's about para unity. It's about saving historical places. Um, so basically 160 something teams around the world will be ghost hunting the same time. We will be sponsored by the spirit realm network. And they're the ones that's going to be streaming everything, all the groups around the world. Um, it will be on a 24-hour period so that no matter where you're at in the world, you, they'll still be uploading. Um, and again, hmm. this is um, a nonprofit. 100% goes to the historical foundation or the owner of the said historical building or property. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, it's not easy. But we haven't done it in a couple years now. And we do have, um, you know, like Josh and a couple people, we do have new on our team. So I do want them to experience this. So we're going to give it a go this year. Um, we're only selling 20 tickets. It's going to be at the Broadwell Haunted Funeral Home in Felicity, Ohio. And they're $42 a piece. And again, we're selling 20 so not very many people for once in a lifetime investigation with real investigators. Um, so it's kind of neat. Um, last time we did this, we did a brewery and I think we made about $1,300. Um, cause it used to be a police station in the firehouse. So, um, so that's basically what we're doing. Um, I'm trying to find little places that need help. So this particular um, funeral home needs a roof and they are working night and day um, to re to rehab this place. And he is a firefighter, the guy that owns it. His name is Mike Brill and mm -hmm. um, he um, bought it to have a, a haunted bed and breakfast, but that didn't work out. So, um, now they're just uh, doing the ghost hunts, rehabbing, and hopefully one day to turn it back into the bed and breakfast. Wow, that's really cool. 
So you guys are helping them by giving them some publicity or? Yeah. So the tickets are $42. So when you buy a ticket, that's your donation to go towards the owner. So um, basically 20 people at $42 a piece is what we're hoping. It's a small place. It does have a large outbuilding um, where they used to make the caskets. You know, it's, it's a great way to bring, you know, a few hundred bucks um, to yeah, that's the really owner. Great. So, and gain publicity for more people to investigate his property, of course. Yeah, haunted bed and breakfasts are a big deal right now. And that's ultimately his end goal. Nice, very cool. Worthy cause and really super fun. Might get some spooks at the same time. <laughs> so what about you guys' group? Do you guys have a website or Facebook group or... Um, yeah, so we have, we have both. Our, our, our website is under construction, but it is there. Um, it's www.ohio-ghost-hunters.com. Our Facebook, you can just find us at Ohio Ghost Hunters or at OH Ghost Hunters. Um, Josh has recently got us going with, um, Twitter and some other things. Um, so we're, we're trying to get out there. Um, so people know how to get a hold of us. So why don't you guys tell us how you got into this whole thing? Like what was there one major thing that happened to you early on that triggered paranormal stuff for you? I know Jason, you said that you found that you're an empath. I can relate to that because I'm finding that I'm also an empath. So I know what that feels like. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful experience. <laughs> How I got into this is I've had experiences my whole life. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, I lived in a home that was an old carriage house, and it was well over a hundred years old. One day, I was getting ready to leave, and the water in the bathroom downstairs turned on all by itself. And from watching different shows and and things that I learned. I knew that you're supposed to talk to them, you know, say, you can't do this. Don't, you know, please stop. And it went away. So that, that was my uh, childhood experience. Um, and then about, uh, about a year ago, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go on a, a ghost hunt in Defiance, Ohio, uh, at a place called Oglays Village. And I, I went with them. It was all my friends. We had a blast. And I had an experience there that was really strange. Uh, I was in an old cabin where the uh, family had lived hundreds of years ago. There was a corner in this home that everybody was kind of getting some weird feelings around. So I was like, well, I want to see if this is real or not for me. So I went over into this corner and uh, an immense amount of sadness came about came about me and I was like what in the world and and it like made me want to start crying and I was like what is going on so it it, I was like I need to get out of this situation so I went back outside and it was gone as fast as it as it hit me and right then I said I need to find a group where I do this all the time Um, It was being sponsored by another group at the time. So I was just a guest, kind of like what Starla was saying about the ghost hunt we're doing at the funeral. 
So I was like, how do I go about doing this? So being up on social media, I immediately, like the next day, went on Facebook and just searched Ohio ghost hunting. And Ohio Ghost Hunters Group popped up. And I just so happened to start looking through their timeline. And it said that they were looking for some new people to add to their group. So I was like, ah, you know, it's worth a shot. I can send an email. So I did similar to how Jason did it. I sent an email. And um, I think it was about a month later because, you know, Starla was busy doing the group stuff. And she got back with me and we ended up having a, a, a wonderful conversation for about 45 minutes. And it was like, it was like an instant connection. And I said, this is something I got to do. This is something I need to do. I ended up going on a trial investigation like Jason did and had some experiences there. And I was instantly hooked you know, I've, I've been watching television shows for, for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done my own research over the years. And the whole thought of the unknown is what scares people. But it, it's so different doing it live in a ghost hunt than mm-hmm. watching it on television. And that was like my biggest um, takeaway was how different. It's so much when you're in the moment and you're seeing things happen, it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it, and it makes you think to yourself, I'm hearing things and I'm seeing things that are unknown. You know, I want to do more research. I want to find more stuff. So that's what keeps me going is the, the finding new things and hearing new things and seeing different things. And, uh, I'm, I'm hooked now, so. <laughs> There's something about being there yourself. I, I always call it my validation. I love to catch evidence because then I know. I mean, other people may or may not believe me. They might think I did something to the recording or whatever, which I don't know how to do. But uh, I know. I know I recorded it. I know it was my phone and I didn't do anything to it. So for me, it's very validating. So I should think that being on a real ghost hunt. You know, you watch TV and you're like, oh, maybe they added that in later. I don't know. But being there, that would be really cool. Well, the first thing you think of when you watch uh, uh, it on TV, uh, and there are some shows that are different than others. There are some that are, they feel more real. And then there's others where you're like, uh, you feel very (laughs) skeptic about. Ghost Adventures. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying any names. <laughs> All right, but, I will. <laughs> um, but uh it's just it's just really cool and it's it's so neat to see the different things that can happen. Similar to him, I've always um watched the shows and I've always, you know, enjoyed it and it was just kind of that impulse. Um but like honestly, strangely enough, it, it made a lot of sense um, because on that first investigation where I be, you know found out that I was the empath, it started allowing me to really connect uh, some things like in my past um, on it. And uh, how so? I mean, on this, it's like I had never had any you know intention. I didn't think you know there was any you know abilities or whatnot there. You know, I thought most of it was camera tricks and gimmicks. You know, I always wanted to find what else is out there and. Uh, 
I'm at that type that I, I absolutely refuse um, to accept that what we have in life today is all that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to really question everything and then you can find out some very fascinating things. Um, but when the empath side came through that particular investigation, I had actually um, had the exact uh, symptom signs of a heart attack on two separate occasions. Oh, wow. I had uh, broken down in like tears uh, two separate times as well. And I'm, I'm not a, a crying guy. Um, and then, you know, I was just really hit with, um, a state of like depression and I've always been a kind of happy, carefree guy. Um, and actually we had the validation, um, like you spoke of, um, through the evidence, through the EVPs, we found out that, uh, there was somebody who died of a heart attack. There was a suicide and there was somebody that died from yellow fever. Oh, wow. And this was all stated like through the EVP. It's not like, you know, speculation. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's one of the biggest things, you know, what I like about the team is we, we really try to debunk everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, I compared myself to Zach Baggins earlier. Um, <laughs> but I want to be kind of the legitimate, like the honest, um, one. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I think there is a, a lot of scripting that goes on. Um, but then I kind of started connecting pieces, um, throughout my entire life. Um, you know, I was really drawn to, you know, kind of the, you know, forgotten realms, you know, the kind of the, the creepy books and, and whatnot there. Um, but I was actually um, really big into poetry and um, actually had gotten uh, two of the poems published. But um, I would go into um, like um, most people will understand it as like automatic writing. Um, I would go into, you know, just a trance. I mean, typically I'd be listening to like Celtic music or chamber music while I was writing. Um, but these poems were very specific and quite morbid, um, on a few of them. One particular case, I had written a full page poem about a girl that had been raped and I'd never raped anybody. I didn't know anybody that had been raped. I've never even, you know, heck, at that point, I wasn't even watching. Uh, And then about three days later, I wrote out another poem kind of on the side of the spectrum of the attacker. Hmm. And, I mean, multiple ones such, you know, suicidal thoughts, um, you know, just a state of anguish, depression. And I was never that kid. Um, I was never, you know, didn't do anything. And whenever I would go in, I'd trance and I'd write it. I'd take it out. I'd read it one time. And I put it in my binder and I never look at it again. Mm. So, you know, that was like a sense of releasing uh, those emotions that, you know, most empaths get kind of bombarded with. And I mean, here I was doing this, you know, unintentionally uh, throughout my whole life. And I mean, this dated clear back when I was, you know, 14, 13. Um, I can't say I had any like crazy experiences as a child. Um, I've had some crazy experiences while on the team. Um, I mean, I'd say that the, craziest things that i ever did as a kid i mean i messed with ouija board and that was an interesting oh, story no. it uh yeah uh, we were out <clears throat> we were out on the trampoline at my parents house and you know something came through we don't know we were 12 or whatever mm-hmm. and we just threw the uh, uh planchet off well about three days later there is a 12 foot area of dead grass in the exact form of the planchet oh my gosh to this day like their backyard, that is a very low spot in their backyard. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, we always played with, you know, the, the, you know, Mary Jane and the Bloody Mary and yeah. Candyman, but 
I never had anything, you know, with that. And then it's just like when I got onto the team, so many things just started coming through. I found um, interest and I was being drawn to um, looking in like the demonology of it. Um, I guess at 16, I kind of um, kind of went to the darker path and started studying multiple um, realms of witchcraft, um, paganism, Druidism, Necronomicon. Um, you know, studying that just on a personal level and just to have all that. And then to really, you know, at, at 31 to have it all, you know, representing like something like I would have never thought stuff that I did, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago would come back and, and, you know, make me, you know, the investigator, you know, that I am today on a, on a phenomenal team that I work with. So you were kind of me- self-medicating with poetry and you didn't even know it. Yeah, and uh, and it, and it, and it's like I still have the binders um, of those poems, and I said I would read that one time, and I'm like, you know what, what is this? Like, this isn't me. I wouldn't even show it to my family members because it's like, no, this 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 is not wow. this is not PG thirteen rating. <laughs> this is eerie. I wrote poetry too as a teenager, and I really? also play the piano and the flute. So when I got really emotional and upset, I would play either my piano, which was in my bedroom, or my flute. And my parents dubbed me the frustrated maestro because they said Fantastic. that I'd go yeah, in there and bang on the piano when I was upset yeah, about yeah. something. I, I try to play with the piano. I, I I can't read music to save my life, but I can make a, a song and music out of just random keys that just sound right. So mm-hmm. if you ever asked me to recreate it, I'd be at a complete loss. But <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good when I do it. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, um, mine is nowhere near as cool as Jason's. Mine is little, um, I think, uh, not really darker, but just, um, I don't know how to explain it. Just a lot of trauma. Um, Mm. I was abused as a child, um, and I lived next door to my abuser. And by the time I was nine, I noticed I could sense when he was coming. I could smell him just pixie images of Mm. what he might be doing. Um, And I always saw shadows and and different things. I just never understood them. And um, it it started as far back as I can remember, Um, but as well as probably being abused as far back as I can remember up until I was nine. So, Wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Thank you. But I started using it to my benefit. Um, and it kind of protected me. So I knew when to hide, uh, where I should go, um, Mm. you know, time wise, um, even sometimes what he was wearing, um, where not to go. Um, so when I was nine, I, I finally told my, my parents and, um, you know, it was traumatic, um, but I didn't understand anything. I've always been afraid of the dark. Um, as far back as I can remember, I'm sure it started because of my trauma as a child, but, um, I've always been able to sense things. I just never recognized it. I should say, cause I was just too mm-hmm. young. Um, but we moved away for a year and, um, sadly we moved right back to where we were. Um, so I had to pretty much grow up, um, next to my abuser, um, until I was essentially 18 or 19. 
Um, and yeah, so, um, between those periods, you know, I could say I was always looking for a way out. I was always looking for a way to get to the big city because I'm a country girl. Um, I just wanted to run and that put a running state in my life for the pretty much the rest of my life. And many years went by and, um, you know, I had children very young. I, my first one, I was 20, my second one, 22, and my third one, I was 29. So I pretty much between those areas was just a mom and dealing with the chaotic happenings of a mom life. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to really nurture anything in between because I honestly worked first shift, second shift. I kind of just worked constantly because three kids, you know, you need Mm -hmm. a lot of money. So I kind of put, you know, the ghost stuff aside, but I always been scared of the dark. I've always found things that I wasn't supposed to find. Um, I always knew stuff and people literally thought I was like bugging their homes. And, uh, yeah, so it was really weird at times because uh, some people just thought I was weird because I knew stuff. Um, and I never could explain it. I I just Mm -hmm. knew it. Um, there was no ghost shows growing up when I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm 46. So we did, I wasn't raised to like, you know, ghost hunt and all that stuff. It was just something I always had, but something Mm -hmm. I, but always had a fire in me was, um, you know, law enforcement and uh, my abilities actually is what got me into working for the government. Really? And yeah. So basically, you know, I, I got on, um, with, with, um, government housing. Um, and I started out there, did that for a minute. And then I went, started working in corrections and that's where I retired. So, um, those abilities pretty much not only helped save my life, but it helped me know when something was coming, whether it was going to be, you know, inmates trying to jump me or, you know, uh, something happening, whether it be, um, you know, I think somebody might be going to try and hurt themselves. I was always able to move them to a cell where, um, they could be watched. Um, you know, just little Hmm. things like that. Um, I'm picturing the movie Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, where he can just walk <laughs> through a crowd and he knows things. That's what I'm picturing right now. <laughs> yeah. So it was sporadic because, you know, I ha- I was raising children. Um, I had um, a lot of turmoil at the time because um, I started in law enforcement in my 20s, obviously, early 20s. So I kind of was growing and learning as I went. So I didn't really get to nurture my abilities until the kids got much older. Um, And, um, you know, I talked about it more. It was okay to talk about these things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do believe it's hereditary because I do believe my mom also is gifted, just like Jason is. Uh, His dad is also very gifted. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I do believe it's kind of in the bloodline. Um, But, you know, I mine... Mine altered over time as I got to work on it. I got to see there was more images, but I could never tell if it was present or past. Um, just weird things, auras, like colors. Um, I never understood those um, for a long time. I didn't hmm. know why there was a gray reflection behind somebody. You know, I just didn't, 
understand that. Because honestly, I spent my, my youth working myself to death and not nurturing and myself. Um, so it was only the last decade that I've actually kind of been focusing on nurturing myself and my abilities. Actually, it's more than a decade. It's probably been about 17, 18 years um, that wow. I've been nurturing that. So, yeah. So, like I said, not as cool as Jason, but um, um, it's just something that I'm still working on. It's certainly very sad that you had to go through all those things, but your abilities certainly are cool. And I have to tell you, my kids um, mirror your kids. I was 21, 23, and 30 when I had my three kids. So we're just one year off on all of them. Yeah. So we're, we, we weren't ghost hunting. We were momming. Yeah. <laughs> I was surviving. My middle son has autism, which Mine is too. why there was a big gap. Really? Are you kidding my, me? No. My, my middle son has Asperger's and... Um, yeah, so I also have um, uh, that I dealt with that. So I found out when he was oh my um, gosh younger. So, uh, but yeah, so I also dealt with that. Wow, girl, I feel you so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I interject here just for a brief moment. The synchronicities of this uh, podcast are fantastic. I'm just saying, <laughs> putting it out there. <laughs> right? This was meant to be, man. Good and a moment Good ago energy. when she was talking, did somebody hear a noise? I swear I heard a weird noise. It was like a moo-moo. I'm going to find that in editing and figure out what that was. Does somebody have a kid around that would have made that noise? Um, Sarah, did you say mommy or anything? My 17-year-old is at the table. Did you say anything when I was... She's saying she didn't, but I don't know. Yeah, I have No, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in, the, in a room in the back of the house, and I mean, my son's out in the thing. Now, my phone is vibrating next to us, but I've been muted the whole time, so... No, that's not... What, I, I'll find it when I edit. And I am actually really excited to find it now because it, I heard it for sure. It happened. So I, and if that was a real EVP that I caught while recording, that'll be the third or fourth time I've caught an EVP while recording in the last probably two or three weeks. So it's happening kind of a lot. I always joke that every, every house I've ever lived in was haunted but it's not really the house. It's always me. These things always happen around me. I cannot explain. Yes. That. Yes. Yes. For the so. record, I was on mute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of good good energy on here, so. Yeah. You guys have some really cool backstories, I have to tell you. That's pretty cool. So what's the coolest evidence you guys have ever found as a group? Like, what's your coolest thing? Well, I, I can assure you, we probably all have uh, a few things. Um, yeah, our group, um, we are actually more so related, like family, than anything else. Um, and I mean, the uh, the the handpicked people that even Starla's brought in um, has just changed the entire energy dynamic of of the team. Um, so we have definitely have a, a few things uh, since I jumped in here. I'll at least. Uh, talk of uh, a couple myself and then uh, we can maybe hear some of theirs um i mean it there's been so many i mean for one i mean obviously the uh the trial investigation i mean that was crazy um 
but we've been to several like kind of prominent uh, locations. Um, one that I can that particularly, I mean, I always tell the story um, is actually at the Ohio State Reformatory. Mm, that's a good one. And, um, it was, uh, it was, you know, there's a group about maybe 12, 15 of us. Um, and, uh, there was, uh, we branched off and there was five of us and we went off to the East wing and, uh, we all sat in an individual cell and, uh, I had actually placed, um, six motion lights, um, you know, anywhere from six to probably 28 feet left and right side of the hallway. Um, and we all were sitting there running through the EVP. And, uh, you know, we were just complete and utter silence and you, you heard a, a very faint whistle. Um, but enough to where each and every one of us like got up and was like, you know, who's down here? You know, we went on the walkie. No one was there. Everybody was somewhere else. Well, the, the whistle had started to get a little bit louder and we're like, no, somebody's got to be messing with us. Um, during this time. So we're like, we're like, okay, we're, they're going to come out. Well, my motion light goes off. The uh, third one I have, so that one's about 28 feet down, it goes off. So you can see it, and we're like, okay, who's here? You know, look, there's nobody there. We come through, and then the second one goes off, and eventually the third one goes off. So these are all placed, you know, as I said, 6 to 28 feet to our right and 6 to 28 feet to our left. Wow. And at this point, when that third one, the closest to us, goes off, this whistling is fairly loud, as if somebody's right next to you um, whistling. And we hear it just, you know, deafening, like, right in front of us, but there's nobody there. And uh, we, you know, gradually see the left lights do the exact same thing that the right lights did. So they, they monitor this motion. And now these each of these lights have, like, a five-foot radius. Um, so they end up picking these up and we hear this whistle and it starts dwindling down, dwindling down, dwindling down to where it's just that soft whistle we heard before. Um, and we actually caught every bit of it on the EVP. Um, so we could actually track the whistling, the tone, the decibels of it with the lights, um, all through that, but there was absolutely nobody there. We find, come to find out that there's a, a particular guard, um, that had passed there and he was always stationed in the East Wing. Mm. Um, and he would just make his rounds. So we assume that that uh, was him making his rounds. Um, at the same location on a separate um, time, uh, we go in there back to the uh, shower room. Now, typically as a team, um, we do not like necessarily provoke or uh, get aggressive with spirits. Because, mm-hmm. you know, primarily we deal with residential cases. Um, Ken and Starla have... Uh, Brought on some great mechanics with here, so we're doing regular um, big haunts. We try we try to do at least once, once a month, or at least one every two months. And these go anywhere from Ashmore Estates, Randolph Infirmary. Uh, we just went to the South Point Hospital in Tennessee a couple weekends back. Um, went to the Gill House, Franklin Castle. And we actually come uh, Labor Day weekend, we'll be going to Penhurst. Just so you know, we may have a couple tickets if you're wanting to join us. Just throwing nice. it out there. Um, but, you're speaking um, my it, language, it, man. <laughs> exactly. And um, so we go into the shower rooms. And at this point, you know, it wasn't a residential investigation. It was just out there to have fun. And it had gotten pretty kind of docile and quiet. So we decided to start getting aggressive. And uh, if anybody has been out there, if you look up about 12 foot up, there is a, a massive like chain link like fence that crosses this entire wall. And this wall roughly, I'd say maybe 50, 65 feet long. Once we start getting aggressive with it, all at this point, there's four of us in the room. At this point, 
it gets dead quiet. And then all of a sudden you hear all across the whole chain link fence that's 12 foot up. There's nobody was even around. So it caused at least two of the guys to run out and scream. (laughs) And I thought it was just absolutely awesome. So I asked them to do it again, but they didn't. So they don't really like to take commands, I guess. (laughs) That's how you know you're a ghost hunter when something like that happens and you're like, do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Come on. Yeah. So I can. That's that's at least one of them. And said I have many, uh, many, many stories. But uh, let's uh, see. I know Starla has a couple. I've been in a few investigations where she's had some outrageous things. And even Josh, um, being you know on the team for you know roughly about that year, he's even got a couple experiences himself that's really made him a believer. Nice. All right. So, um, again, I, I've only been on the team for just under a year, but I have had some crazy stuff happen. Uh, like I talked about earlier, the, the sadness, um, something I forgot to mention earlier was on my trial investigation. Uh, I actually had a a chest pain that I had never felt before or since felt since that time it happened. And we found out that there was a heart attack involved. So that, Mm. that was really, that was my first crazy experience. I feel like. Um, but a couple months ago we were at Fairfield County infirmary and we were, it was towards the end of the night and some people, some folks on the team were, were leaving for the night and people were kind of moving about. We were kind of on a break or whatever. And, um, me and two other guys on the team were, um, towards the front of the building, the entrance and uh, some of the ladies were already further into the building and three of us all at the same time heard a, a female scream, like a blood curdling scream. Mm. So we all looked at each other and said, did you hear that? And you know, the two guys I was with said, yes, Tony and Ken. And um, so we went towards where everybody was out that was at. And we said, Hey guys, did anybody scream? Did anybody, you know, do a jump scare, you know, did anybody hear a scream? Nobody heard anything except for us three. Mm. And uh, I found that to be very interesting that only three of us out of about 10 people heard that. Uh, and it was clear as day. And then another experience that we had um, recently was uh, an, I got an EVP at the uh, old Blackford County Jail in Indiana. And uh, we were in the, the dungeon part. If anybody's ever been to an old old jail like that, a lot of them have, it's like in their basement, it's just all limestone carved out. Mm. And I was down in that area and I had my digital recorder going. And I said, if anybody has anything to say, now's your time, now's your chance. And I got an EVP of hello, but it's also been debated to say, get out. So I'll leave that up to your imagination, but Hmm. it's either hello or get out. But it was clear as day. There was nobody near me. Um, It did not sound like a regular voice. It was almost like a whisper. Uh, And that was really cool. Wow. It's my understanding that limestone can enhance a haunting, right? 
it can help the spirits manifest more or something like that, like to help the energy levels? Yeah, it's been said that that things can like attract to limestone. They things stay in limestone. Mm-hmm. Um, energy, energy can be stuck in the limestone. So, I mean, who knows what on down there when it was a, a jail, a, a working jail. Um, who knows about that could have been the abuse down there or uh, any other inhumane thing that could have happened. Yeah. My hometown is St. Augustine, Florida, and um, a lot of buildings in St. Augustine are made out of um, coquina, which is very specific only to that area of the world, I, I believe. So I've always wondered if maybe coquina also has some of those um, traits, you know, because St. Augustine is haunted. That is a haunted town. Trust me. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I believe it too. Yeah. My favorite thing that's ever happened um, is before um, Ohio Ghost Hunters. Um, Before Ohio Ghost Hunters, I had trouble finding a group that wasn't on drugs or crazy. So Mm. I figured I'll start my own little family group. So we started the Bureau of Paranormal Activity. Because it was the name of a ride at Kings Island. <laughs> so I changed it to Ohio Bureau of Techno I'm sorry, Ohio Bureau of Paranormal Activity. So we went out to Trans Allegheny, uh, my husband, my daughter, and some other folks. And my husband is a skeptic. Um, he's, let me just explain him as an educated grease monkey. So. <laughs> Yeah, so even living with me, he was still a skeptic. Well, we were in the basement of that, and he said, I just wish I would just get scared just once. And I just literally said, dear Lord, please have something happen. <laughs> and, I've so done yes. that to my husband before. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, we go around the bottom, which was um, the, in the basement, which is the crafts area of Trans-Allegheny. And it takes you like, it's like a maze. You go through a corridor, corridor through a hallway, through another hallway. So it's kind of a maze. But there's only one way in and there's only one way out. And when we were working our way back, I shined my flashlight up. And there was a six-foot-something black shadow peeking out of the door, plain as day. And I dropped my flashlight because I'm like, holy crap, did Ken see that? Whoa. I was all, Yeah, so I was already sensing something. So I was scanning, trying to figure out where it was. And I do that a lot. I scan a lot. And that's how I locate things. But... It was far enough away to where I knew it wasn't right up on us, so I was just projecting my flashlight out a little longer just to make sure, you know, before we went any farther. And sure Mm -hmm. enough, it popped out, and I put my flashlight down. My husband grabs me and screams. (laughs) And we both lift our flashlight up, and there it is staring at us, and it pops back in the doorway, and then the whole body pops back out, and Ken's like, oh, my God. I literally (laughs) thought he peed his pants. (laughs) And so literally he was holding me and I was in front, of course. 
And so <laughs> I asked Spirit to kindly move along so we could get through. And we were sorry that, you know, we intruded. Um, so, yeah. So uh, my daughter was not actually with us on that one. It was just my husband and I and some other folks. So we make our way back. My husband is hysterical. He can't wait to tell the other 15 people, you know, so it was just a great moment to see him scared for once in my life. Like he, he, that's what changed him from skeptic to believer. So, yeah. So, um, so after we got, um, going on with, you know, Ohio ghost hunters, um, my favorite is, Jason, you were not there, um, but it was in Hamilton, Ohio. It was myself, it was Tony, Michelle, and my husband. And we had a client who uh, was having things missing, moved. Um, They thought maybe spirits were coming in and out because of the the weirdness that they were having going on. Um, it was almost like something was jealous, I guess I would say. Mm. And they would hear things. Um, just you name it, lights flickering on and off. You name it. They had it. Okay. It was your typical, my house is haunted. So this lady, um, she was an older lady and she had lost her husband. His name was Leroy. Well, he was gone about three years, I guess. And she had moved in this guy named Paul and he was a musician, just like her ex that, well, not really her ex, her widowed um, Mm -hmm. husband. So um, basically um, we, they had a dog that also passed away. So we were doing a spirit box session on the bed. We put a, a motion sensor on the bed and it kept going off. So then we put on trip wires on the bed. And because one of the things that the client said was, hey, something's getting in the bed with me. Mm. You know, covers are being pulled, things like that. So literally I said, did you have a pet just pass away? Because that was literally like I was thinking it was a cat because it was that's what I was feeling, that it was a small Mm -hmm. animal. So immediately I said cat and they said, well, our dog Gidget just passed away. And I'm like, so it just clicked. So Mm -hmm. I started asking Gidget to get up on the bed like she used to. And sure enough, each time I called her, she jumped on the bed and the trip alarms went off on the foot Mm -hmm. of the bed. So we were just ecstatic. Like we, she must've did it for us at least six or seven times. We were just, wow. I was like, you know, full on good girl. You're such a good girl. I mean, it was, if you should hear, you should hear the audio. It was, it was great because of the other things that was going on. We were also calling out, um, the, uh, her, her deceased husband, Leroy. And, um, we asked him multiple, multiple questions and we got little blips of things, but it was really hard to understand. Um, so we had her current boyfriend start asking questions and we got some weird responses with that. Nothing infinitive, but weird. And hmm. finally, I just said, you know, Leroy, can you tell us why you're still here? And he flat out said, 
because I still love her. And we lost it. We were just, we all dropped to the ground, basically, not really, but on our knees. And we were just like, holy crap. That's, I mean, I'm getting cold chills. You should see my arms. Like, they're they're full. Um, Because that was such a love story, you know. He was there because he was watching over her. Um, Mm -hmm. He had the dog with him. Um, You know, that was just, that's what we do. That's what Ohio Ghost Hunters do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're there to help reconnect or figure out what's going on. You know, we're not there to conjure any spirits, provoke them. But if somebody needs help and they think they're going back crazy, you know, that's what we're here for. You know, we, we have the, the latest equipment. Uh, we do have people on our team with some abilities. You know, we just hmm. ultimately just really want to help people. I mean, that's ultimately our goal is just we want to help people. I mean, we like doing this. But if we can show up to somebody's house and say, okay, Leroy just basically said he still loves you and Gidget is still jumping on the bed. I mean, how awesome is that? <laughs> my my grandpa passed in 2012 and my nanny just passed this past um, January. So 2021. And she told me for those whole nine years between their passing, she had always told me that she heard him calling her sometimes that and it could be anywhere. She could be out in the garden working and she would hear him calling her like full on yelling for her as if he was across the yard yep. yelling out for her yep. or inside the house calling from another room, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always told her, you know, he's just waiting. He's just waiting for you, Nanny. And and so I guess in, in January this year, she she went to be with him. So Aww. it's kind of beautiful. Sorry for your loss. Aww, Thank you. She was so they were sorry. both extremely important to me. They they molded um, the person that I am in so many ways, but definitely paranormal for sure, because their house was haunted long before they came along. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, and you got to remember, with you having abilities, like you say, I mean, if when you have an empath, spirits are drawn to that. So if mm-hmm. your grandmother possibly had that, too, you may have gotten it from her. So. That's what I was talking about. Oh, I think about. I did actually. Right. So that's what, that's important to me. When I, when I interview people and um, I, I can explain the interview process later, if you'd like how we interview people um, when you're ready for that. But um, that is a big part of the interview process when I, when I talk to them, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was an investigator for a living. So <laughs> I, I tend, yeah. I tend to investigate people pretty thoroughly. So when you interview them, do you interview them for you guys to come out and help them in their house? Or do you mean for them to join the team? Or how, how do you mean by interviewing? Okay, well, kind of both, but mainly to if somebody reaches out to us, and whether um, they email at us um, at elite paranormal OGH at gmail.com or our Facebook mm-hmm. If we get somebody saying, hey, this happened, I don't know what to do, you know, I need some help. So the first thing I'm going to do is, you know, thank you for contacting Ohio Ghost Hunters. Um, I'd like to know a little more. Can you please give me a phone number so that I can do a phone interview with you and learn more about your activity? And, you know, give me a good day and time um, that we can talk and go from there. So if they don't do step number one, there is no step two and three. Mm. Um, so if they don't follow up with the email, I mean, they're basically, you, you never hear from them again. So yeah. if they if they do the next step, 
they email back and say, okay, yeah, my name's so-and-so, this is my number. So 80% of the time, <laughs> I would say maybe 75, when I call that number, I'll get a voicemail. Um, they never, most, some of the time, I would say 75% of the time, they don't call me back. Um, I think they just get too scared or they mm -hmm. think it's real. But the 25% that do call me back, um, we basically start out with, um, you know, uh, how old's the house? Because as they're talking, I'm interviewing them, um, for, if I'm detecting for lies, it's, um, as mm. they're talking, I'm, I'm able to do that. Um, and you've been trained to do that. Right. Well, yeah. And I do it naturally too. So if they're talking, I'll be like, wait, 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 stop right there. And I'll have them reiterate to make sure it's the right thing. So, um, and you know, I'm very nice to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I try to understand and I'm not like, oh, that's not true. I don't do any of that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, they tell me and if they, you know, if what they're telling me is, is they believe is true. Um, basically we, the, the next step is, okay, so, um, let's talk about, you know, mental illness in your family. Um, you know, medications you're on, um, is anybody in your house ever played with the Ouija board? Um, you know, all these important steps, anybody, drugs or alcohol, you know, just pretty much there's a checklist that I asked them. So it's, um, it's very thorough. So, you know, they'll be honest and say, oh, well, I like to casually drink and that's fine. And, mm -hmm. you know, I tell them, I say, look, if we show up and there's beer bottles all over your house, we're just going to leave. You know, mm -hmm. um, if there's mm -hmm. drugs everywhere, we're just going to leave. So, um, it's, I'm very clear on what we will do and what we will not do. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, there's a thorough interview process. So what will happen then is that once I kind of say, okay, th this person's legit. But yeah, so, I mean, we, we do an interview process and we make sure that we weed out the crazy people. And because honestly, I mean, a lot of these calls are bullcrap. I mean, I'm not going to lie. So have any of you ever accidentally stumbled upon a homeless person while you're <laughs> investigating like an abandoned building or a an old area or cemetery or something. I've seen that on TV happen before. And I just wondered if it happened in real life. I think I, at, at times I, I can't say I've ran into a homeless person, but I've ran into a lot of drunks, mm. you know, um, you know, just like, we'll step out, um, you know, take a break or whatnot there and they'll be stumbling across. And, uh, you know, it's one thing we always try to kind of debunk that. And we try to keep our, you know, places that we do go kind of more, um, I guess you could say rule, not so much, uh, craziness mm. around there. And actually, uh, we did one at the Blackford, uh, County Jail. We were at the Speakeasy. That was a comical time while we were up at the Speakeasy investigating. <laughs> uh, they had, um, it was when Corn, uh, did their live concert stream. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you know, we're up there doing a preliminary, uh, investigation and we hear, you know, his typical, like, growl and screech we're like what was that and then the floor <laughs> just starts vibrating so we okay well let's uh go back to the jail and uh, we'll come back to the speakeasy a, a little bit uh later oh, um but i mean i can't say like you know we've come across any like homeless people i said a lot of drunks um mm -hmm. uh i have a doppelganger that might have been uh, mistaken for a homeless person um here and there Hmm. So that that's that's interesting. I picked up a doppelganger at the uh, Randolph Infirmary. 
Wow. Uh, first year it was partial. Second year it was full on. And apparently said doppelganger followed us to uh, South Point. Uh, so he, he made an appearance uh, there as well. Uh, luckily, I have yet to see him. But everyone else has. Wow. So You're the first person I think I've ever talked to that has said that they had a doppelganger that they know yeah. of. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it was like uh, the first time it was at Randolph and uh, we were out there. And if you go down to Randolph, there's a kitchen area and there was a cook there that had passed away. And you know, multiple people would leave coins um, for her on the uh, little island uh, there. And, you know, prior in that night I did, I put like two quarters, you know, down. Um, you know, you got to pay homage, of course, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're trying mm-hmm. to talk to them. Uh, we have oh, offered yeah. them tacos uh, before. <laughs> True now, story. I would take that. Yes, you'll have to talk to Starla about that one. That was an interesting uh, thing. I will talk for tacos. <laughs> and, they have to be um, vegan tacos, though. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, but so first it was, um, and I have a, a prominent tattoo on my forearm. Um, you know, it's, it's of a wolf. Um, obviously, it's my uh, power animal with the uh, shaman practitioner. Hmm. But um, so they were, I was up this point, I was up in like the third floor, you know, and, you know, five or six of them were downstairs and they completely saw my hand going dropping the quarters down they saw the tattoo um and you know they're like oh well jason are you coming around you know nothing nothing happened you know so they look and there was no jason jason was up on the third floor they were down in the basement um but then the following year we came back again and at that time um i was up on like the second floor and uh some of the uh investigators had stepped out to smoke a cigarette um, three of the females had stepped out and, uh, one of our investigators was up on the second floor facing the window out and they saw full body Jason, uh, following said three, um, women out to smoke a cigarette. Uh, absolutely no emotion, just blank look following them. And then I was nowhere around. And then apparently at South Point, um, my doppelganger had asked a fellow investigator to take him to the bathroom. No. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, and like he, um, you know, he he walked, said Jason to the restroom, and the actual like curator of um, the uh, South Point, you know, saw me as well, and you know, they saw Greg sitting outside, and they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm waiting on Jason." Like, what do you mean? He's like, "I'm waiting on Jason." He wanted me to take him to the restroom. He's like, "Jason's in the gift shop." He's like, "What?" Oh my god! And gosh. yeah, I I was completely across the hall, um, in the gift shop. And uh, as I said, the curator had saw him walking me um, to the restroom, and he saw himself walking me to the restroom. And, uh, yeah, so, mm. I mean, it could be mistaken for a homeless man, um, but uh, I have yet to see him, so. I think I heard a thing that if you see your doppelganger, it means something. Is that a thing? Yeah, from what I've understood is that if you see it, then something really bad is going to happen to you because two of you can't exist at the same time. Oh. Ooh, don't so, see your guys. I don't want to. <laughs> Avoid they, they that all guy see as it. much yeah. as possible. They, they all see it. I don't. So. <laughs> that guy's bad news. <laughs> right. I mean, I just, at least if he would have gotten some more tattoos or something, it would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, I could trade places. I mean <laughs> – but, oh my gosh! But That's yeah, wild. so I mean, it said uh, definitely a lot of drunks, um, and just honestly, just random uh, people in the paranormal community. You know, you come yeah. out there. Um, I'm kind of the guy at our investigations. I either go for a Taco Bell run <laughs> at like two in the morning, or I order pizza. 
<laughs> uh, so, you know, it's always good conversation when, you know, the delivery people are bringing the pizza out to, you know, a haunted location. So, <laughs> I mean, nice. it, it is, it's a huge following. There's a lot of questions out there. Uh, a lot of people are interested in, I'm, <laughs> I'm so honored to actually, um, be able to participate in it mm-hmm. and, you know, have crazy stories about, you know, doppelgangers. And as I said, talk with Starla about, uh, feeding a ghost to Taka. It happens. <laughs> it did happen. You get results. <laughs> I bet. We'll work for tacos. <laughs> so what kind of equipment do you guys use? What's your favorite equipment to use? People always ask me that, so I, I feel obligated to ask you. My favorite piece of equipment, because I've gotten a lot of results on it, is uh, my digital recorder. Um, like I said, I've gotten some EVPs on it, and then I always go back after and review all my evidence and everything. Um, I also have a camera that I use that uh, sees in the dark really well. Um, And I've used that quite a bit. And I pick up the other equipment that we have going on with it. But I've never picked up any shadows or any images like that. Um, But I think out of our group, the, the funnest piece of equipment we have is Starla. Uh, her her sensor balls that she has, those are her thing. And you don't touch them unless you're told to. And she keeps track of them better than she does her child. So I'll let her speak to that. Okay, what are those? Now I'm intrigued. My balls are fantastic. And <laughs> they, yeah, so... I, I got them from a place in UK, um, and they are vibrated lighting spheres. So you have to physically move them for the light to up. So I thought they were really cool. So I I bought a couple, and it took forever for them to get here. And I started using them, and I just thought, you know, these are really cool because you know they light up real pretty. Um, they weren't my favorite piece of equipment starting out. They got, they warmed up to me because not only did I like them, I love them. And I ordered like a hundred of them. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I numbered them. So when one doesn't act right, it goes to a discard pile. And I, you know, put a new one in so that I always make sure that we're not using faulty balls. Um, (laughs) and I switched them out. So I never use the same one twice unless I'm really lazy and don't switch them out. But yeah, so spirits tend to really like them. They can manipulate them. So basically, if you see a ball that's going off that has to be physically moved and really hard, I'm talking you got to pick it up and shake it. But it's going off when a ghost, you know, or you ask a ghost to turn it on. So, um... Yeah, so we just been messing with those, and I put them everywhere, and they either go crazy or they don't. And it's never one. It's always two or three. Um, This last investigation, um, we put them in a coffin, and we had four of them going off. Um, Yeah, so they, it's kind of, Starless Balls are now the joke of the team, but I own it (laughs) because everybody loves them. And, um, yeah, so, um, they've become more popular over here in the U S over time. So basically you can get them anywhere now, which is sad because I kind of had 
you know, I was kind of like the only one that had them. So, mm. but yes. Honestly, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I need to use those in Nanny's house. Yes. So they, they are really good for residentials because you have eyes on every corner um, and around your back even because you can see them when they light up. Um, hmm. The ovulus is also my other favorite because it is so random and either it makes complete sense um, or it doesn't. One of our latest um, residentials, I mean, the spirit there was not happy about the children that were living there because of their color. And it was very, it was, it was hard to tell the client what we were hearing. Um, um, Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it can either be disturbing or it could be, you know, the opposite. So, um it's wow, not my that really favorite. Would be a tough situation. It is, yeah, and you know, I I don't keep it from him. I I tell him exactly what what we heard. You know, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. So, um, the SLS camera is um, kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of places where you can't really use it, but there's you know some places um, that you can really you know get some cool stuff, um, especially open places. Stuff that has a lot of stuff everywhere, you're not going to get a whole lot, but like big open places like the Ravenna Hospital that we did. Um, Mm -hmm. We got some crazy stuff, and we even got a ghost to twerk. Um, (laughs) Yeah, on a pole, on a pole. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and we have a little fun with that uh, as well. There was, I think it might have been the speakeasy. It might have been at Ravina. I'm not sure. Uh, There was one that was like pretty much dancing on the uh, banister. And, you know, Jason, I I get a little reckless at times. So I shoulder charged it. (laughs) You know, set just apparition uh, through this SLS. And actually, funny enough, she caught it on the SLS. You saw its legs go back and everything. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh it was awesome. I, I had to chime in on that. I wasn't trying to step on your toes. I asked about but. cool evidence, and you didn't tell me that little gem. <laughs> oh, there's on, we man. got plenty of gems, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that was fun. Uh, there's and so it much. It was just like you know, he saw it, and you know, and I mean, she caught it right on the SLS. You saw the little body just kind of dancing, and then Jason's shoulder charged it. <laughs> And you saw its legs go flying like straight up, his arms go all the way out, and then he vanished. (laughs) I definitely, for sure, need to go investigate with you guys. This is a thing that needs to happen. (laughs) I'm so about it. (laughs) There is so much. We can't even, we can't even really begin. I could literally, I don't even have my file folder out because there's just so much. Um, Um, it it could be from silly little things like what Jason said to, you know, paper towels being thrown at you. I mean, it, it it could, it's just crazy. Mm. Um, but what we, what we do know is that it's because we're self, you know, we, we don't act a certain way. We are just ourselves and spirit tend to like us being authentic. They like us cracking jokes. They like me nagging my husband when he doesn't do something. (laughs) <laughs> Whether it be change the batteries or something, they they tend to chime in during normal conversations. And of course, you offering them tacos. Yes, and I offer. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that's a gem that she needs yes. to know. If we're talking about yes, gems, go happen. for it. <laughs> okay, so do you want me to tell you about the taco? Yes. Did you feed a ghost a taco <laughs> for <Yes>. real? <laughs> okay, so Jason's icon is like 
Taco Bell at 2 a.m. Like, at 2 a.m., he gets hungry. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a Taco Bell, he's going to get pizza. So we were at Ashmore Estates, and we actually had a fellow with us doing his trial investigation. And um, I feel bad for the for the guy now, but he must have really thought we were insane at the time because I had my <laughs> balls set up, and um, I had placed some here and there, and, you know, we got some to go off here and there, but in the one room, I set two on the left and right side of the, one of those old rocking chairs. Rocking chairs are always haunted. Yeah, I'm sorry. It it's not a rocking chair. It was a um, wheelchair, one of the old, old-fashioned wheelchairs. I'm sorry. Those two. <laughs> yeah, so Jason was on his taco run, and um, he probably, he might have had, did you take Pops with you, or was Pops watching from the audio room? Uh, I think Pops was watching in the audio. Okay. So it was myself. It was the new guy. um, It was my husband. And I can't remember if Tony was there or not. But anyhow, um, you know, we were talking about how Jason was going to get tacos. And I was begging my husband not to eat one because he had horrible gas. Oh, no. He's going to kill you for that. (laughs) Okay. No, it's part of the team. It's okay. It's something we all just live with. Um, so anyways, we were joking about it. Um, and I'm like, gosh, I hope he doesn't, you know, eat tacos. And so I said, look, if you light up those balls on the wheelchair, I'll give you a taco. (laughs) And sure enough, blink, blink, blink. And I'm like, holy crap. I said, is that really you? You, you know, if you want a taco, you know, light it up again. Blink, blink, blink. The other (laughs) one goes off. So I'm like, well, thank you so much. Um, I'm glad to finally meet you. Um, As soon as Jay gets back, um, we'll get you a taco. Um, So Jason comes back. My husband sneaks and goes, eats one or two, who knows how many. And I go get a taco. Four. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And the guy that's with us is keto. So he starts, like, basically eating the taco sauce. The new guy we were that was doing the, the trial investigation, he was just, like, eating taco sauce because, oh, yeah, it, I was like, mm. And he looked at me and says, are you guys effing with me? He literally thought we set that up. Like, there was something I could do with those balls to make him go off so that I had to feed him a taco. Mm. And he literally was just sitting there like he was just in shock. He just couldn't believe it. You know, so I just stand there and I hold the taco and I'm just like, yeah, so I hope it's good. They, you know, I don't know if they had these when you were around, but, you know, they're the go to now at 2 a.m. And I was just making small talk. But, you know, I if I promise somebody something, even if it's, you know, a pop or candy or a toy, I we do. I mean, if I say, look, if you do this right now, we'll pack our stuff up and leave. We do. So, um yeah, so it's funny, but it literally is but listen, something that... Did the ghost eat the taco? Or did you set it on the chair and then somebody else ate it after a while? <laughs> I didn't see any bites, but I did sit it there. I did stand back. Um, I didn't see any bites. Um, but, you know, if you <laughs> can't so see the funny. ghost, maybe you, you can't see his bites. I don't know. Maybe he tried. Yeah, I don't it was, know. It was ghost bites. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe he could at least smell it and that was good enough for yeah. him. You know, who knows? Yeah, but he got yeah, the he essence of the taco. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so it, it was a it was crazy like this this guy literally thought we were nuts and that we were playing a prank on him mm. um yeah so i mean it was a true story um it's not the first time that ghosts have said you know or i have said hey you want you know would you like something to drink like that up and i'll go get you a pop um we had that um happen at the funeral home in tennessee actually um i had to have somebody run down and um get something to drink um because they did what i asked so it's not Mm. the first time it's not going to be the last time is it funny yes but was it absolutely awesome yes (laughs) nice i think that's i think that's a lot of the things too it's like you know you know all these uh, shows that you run into, they most of the time it's all like, oh, gosh, it's crazy evil. It's demonic. And, yeah. you know, let's be realistic. I mean, you got ghosts that want tacos and pop. Like, a lot of them, they're just trying to communicate. Like, they're just like, hey, you know, I'm still here. So mm-hmm. why don't you hang out? Like, and, you know, and we find a lot of times just by, I mean, as crazy as we sound, by actually showing respect and humility towards the spirits, you get a lot more activity. You know, yes, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to get aggressive. I mean, you know, that's that. It, it's really kind of situational depending on, you know, where you're at, what spirits you're trying to get to. But, I mean, I think they, they really are just like us. I mean, you know, they're just on a, a different plane. And a lot of times they just want their story heard. They just, uh, I mean, they just want to be known. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine, you know, if you you know didn't necessarily cross over and you're walking around um, you know, by yourself, and here's this bubbly, crazy, you know, borderline, like, psychotic group of investigators <laughs> coming in there, like, shoulder-charging you, offering tacos. Like, I mean, that's the kind of group I would hang out with. I mean, if I was a spirit, I'm like, Same. yeah, come on, break out the keg or something, you know? But, right. you know, they may not be able to, you know, interact on the physical realm, but even just yeah. that, uh, that a mental... And, you know, that emotional and that spiritual realm, I think, is is just as um, pertinent as the physical realm is to us. Yeah. So before we wrap it up, I have one last question that I like to ask because I um, have some some listeners who tell me in my Facebook group that they believe their home is haunted. So if one of my listeners out there is in a home and they believe it's haunted and it's kind of freaking them out a little bit, what advice would you give them? Like crystals do they sage like do they smudge the place uh, what what do you think um honestly i i think i mean if it is um we all know it's uh it's a sensitive subject um you know it's not something that you're going to tell your neighbor i think my house is haunted you know like let's be realistic like yeah you're crazy you know reach mm-hmm. out to us i mean we have multiple venues that you can reach out to um you know we're not going to disrespect you we're going to handle you we'll give you all the evidence you know, that you have. If you want us to cleanse it, that's no problem. We're fully capable and, you know, able to cleanse. Um, our particular group is comprised of so many different belief systems, you know, energy work, abilities. Um, and I mean, we really have uh, an answer for everything. Um, you know, with me on the, the, the shamanism side of it, I'm drawn more towards the Native American, but I can do cleansing of the lands. I can do, you know, journey work. I can do astral projection. Um, and, you know, we are a faith-based, um, you know, group. So it's not like we're going to, you know, pull out some demonic sigils or, or anything there to get it. We're just here to help you out. We're trying to give you peace of mind. You know, reach out. Um, you know, we are just like you. Um, you know, we just kind of embrace our, our madness. 
mm-hmm. um, and just go for it. But just reach out. Uh, we have many venues that have said you have the Facebook, the Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, our emails. You know, reach out. Um, we'll gladly talk with you. We'll get you into our schedule. I mean, we don't charge for our services. If you want to make us a barbecue, great. I like barbecue. <laughs> We've had some really good barbecues in Ohio. And, I mean, you know, it's not even necessarily limited just to Ohio. Uh, we have done stuff in Indiana. We have done stuff in Tennessee, um, you know, in Kentucky. Um, you know, we are uh, a tight-knit group, and we are really filled with uh, multiple people that enables us to really cover uh, a large, you know, variety. Um, you know, if I can't get to it, somebody else will. And, you know, let's be honest, most of the time, I'm going to go just to hang out with my friends and get Taco Bell. So, <laughs> I mean, just reach out. You know, you're not going crazy. It is real. Um, it's becoming more and more prevalent nowadays. You know, I'm a firm believer that the, the veil is thinning around us mm-hmm. and more people are, are awakening. Um, they're questioning. They're challenging. You know, we have your best interest at heart. And you know what? We can get some great evidence. And, uh, you know, we're just a good group of people just to hang out. We're professional, but yet we can still have fun. You know, we're just like your neighbor, but we're not going to call you crazy. Um, do you want to remind everybody how they can reach you guys? So if you want to reach us at Facebook, just search Ohio Ghost Hunters. On Twitter, we are at OH Ghost Hunters. And for YouTube, we have uh, just search Ohio Paranormal Buzz. And if you need to reach us at our email, it is EliteParanormalOGH at gmail.com. We also have the website at www.ohio-ghost-hunters.com. So you guys, if you think you have spooks, these are the people to call. You don't call the ghost busters. You call the ghost hunters. The Ohio ghost hunters. (laughs) How's that for a tagline? (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, everybody knows where to find me and Brick www.truehauntings.com will get you pretty much anywhere that you want to go. So thank you guys so much for chatting with us today and giving us all kinds of cool information and stories and everybody else. I will spook you next week. See ya. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two. Well, you're in luck. Fire breathing kittens is a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real-play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire-breathing kittens podcast. Fantasy action. Mystery. Friendship. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We at True Hauntings and Scary Stories always want to provide a great listening experience and some good entertainment. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can always email me at Cynthia at TrueHauntings.com. Visit Patreon.com slash TrueHauntings to find bonus episodes and other goodies to choose from. Thank you for listening, and we'll spook you next week.